0: DJ, tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side. War between good and evil, watching our fists collide. Battle for our freedom now. To the streets we ride, flags waving all around, pages full of pride. This is where we make a stand. No more give or take. They wanna use violence on Americans. We want freedom. We want peace. We want freedom. We want peace. We want freedom. We want peace. Defend the Constitution. Many warriors Casting down any mongers who have bucked cow. Enough with tyranny. We come to take our country back for all citizens, white, red, brown, or black. Return it to a form of glory. Fix the bloody crack on the crown. Fetch it down. It's going down. my mama told me yeah she warned me that this day would
1: come i'm like my father go to combat with the blazing guns i survived that then i came back to the place i'm from to face off all these haters and the battle in the place i love you can't break me down i'm indivisible you still see my raps if i was invisible
0: that pepper spray tastes like chicken Welcome back friends, fans, family, patriots. I am Pionon, also known as Joe Thomas. I'm a January 6th defendant, facing the rest of my life pretty much in prison because I'm already old, for going to the Capitol and videotaping. I didn't go in, I didn't attack anybody, I didn't destroy anything, but I dared to love my country. And I dared to speak up and ask our representatives to, well, represent us and investigate the election before giving it a rubber stamp of approval. How dare you? So, here we are. I am indicted with 12 charges and having to face Uncle Sam head on. But I'm not in this alone. There's a lot of people, a lot of men and women, almost a 1,000, and they're supposedly coming after at least 3,000 more Americans that just went to their capital to redress their grievances to the government. To say, hey, wait a minute, let's look at this before just moving forward. Because of the countless anomalies that showed up ahead of time. It is my personal opinion that the elite class, quote-unquote, fear an informed public. And when you have almost 3 million Americans show up at the Capitol that are critical thinkers lovers of their nation, immovable objects that were there not only to redress their grievances, but to show support for a current administration and express their love of country. There was a sea of red, white, and blue in one of the most patriotic days of my life when people were happy and singing. It was beautiful. And as we went towards the capital, people still had a light-hearted spirit. But as we got closer, and the fumes of tear gas started to overwhelm the air, The atmosphere changed. We started to see police brutality, what I consider abject tyranny on show, in force, in riot gear. Many people dispute who actually started the skirmishes. But I can tell you one thing. The Capitol was breached before President Trump was finished speaking. A majority of the people stayed for his speech and then marched or walked towards the Capitol not knowing what had already transpired there because cell phone data was turned off. People weren't able to get phone calls, text messages. A lot of the data was shut down. Saturation of bandwidth must have been through the roof. And then what we saw transpire there was egregious on both sides. We saw agent provocateurs, professional agitators in the crowd instigating violence. We saw patriots standing up against that violence. We also saw patriots got caught up in the emotion of the day and did things they probably shouldn't have. Nothing as atrocious as watching BLM and Antifa burn down our country, but definitely without Couth. We saw police brutality in ways that I never thought that I could experience here on American soil. I witnessed Capitol, police, tear gas, an elderly woman and a young child who I can only assume was her granddaughter. They were standing there, singing and praying. I saw them throwing crowd suppression uh, munitions into the crowd. Hornets nests and concussion grenades. I saw them hitting people with nightsticks and riot shields. Hitting someone in the head with a nightstick, baton, is lethal force. Everyone there was unarmed. I saw people getting hit simply because they walked by the police line. A man walking away from the line of police gets cracked in the side of the head. For what? I got hit for just walking past I was walking by videotaping and then I just got hit with a nightstick and I turned around and became pretty nasty at that point. I used words that I don't want to repeat because my mother might be listening. And despite whenever I was emotionally charged because of getting assaulted, I was preaching no violence. I was preaching peace, trying to tell those in the crowd that were instigating violence and trying to agitate people that that's not why we're here. Tried to follow the mantra that is conducive to the constitutional process because that's what we believe in. We're Americans. Our Constitution is the foundational document to our nation. It describes the power of we the people and the powers of the government. It determines who and what and how things can be done. Today we're gonna speak with a lady that has been thrown into this movement. She did not go to the Capitol. She fell in love with a man that she got to meet for three months and then he was arrested by the FBI and thrown into prison to be beaten, tortured, starved. The list of tragedies that they have to suffer and endure every single day is disgusting. It keeps me up at night to know that American citizens without trial are being held as political prisoners in our nation, but instead of walking away from a relationship that she just started and then the guy gets raided by the feds she decided to stand up for her man and to speak up to speak out get involved go to the front lines herself try to affect change she has helped out numerous numerous families and defendants that are involved because of january 6. her name is kelly wild and i'm telling you now she is a force to be reckoned with she definitely lives by her last name Always has a smile on her face, but ready to go fight for her man at, a, at the drop of a hat. Enjoy the conversation with Kelly. I promise it'll be a wild time. Hey, I certainly appreciate everybody uh, coming to listen and hang out with this crazy slack-jawed yokel from the hills of West Virginia. Um, there are some technical difficulties at the beginning of this interview. Uh, we had a bit of a struggle, and um, I have my suspicions, but we won't go into that right now. But for those that are listening, I certainly appreciate it. It's always something whenever you're on these types of platforms trying to get information out there. The technical difficulties do get cleared up um, after we find a different path of getting the interview done. So certainly appreciate it. Just want to give you all fair warning. want to give a warm welcome to Miss Kelly Wild. Um, she has been an absolute shaker and mover in our movement, standing up for the men and women that have been suffering because of January 6th. And she is personally invested because her love, Mr. John Mellis, is one of the prisoners sitting inside of the D.C. gulag, enduring the torture and just downright abhorrent treatment by our federal government. How you doing there, Kelly? Thanks for coming on.
1: Hey, Pion. thanks for having me. The amazing intro, a mover and a shaker. I like that.
0: <laughs> I was trying to be modest on your behalf because you're doing just absolutely amazing things. One of the hardest working women I've seen out here, just fighting the good fight from the front lines so before we get into the nitty gritty about january 6th give us a little bit of a background on on you who is miss kelly weill
1: yeah um just an average person i love this country i you know explore around it i enjoy politics i mind my own business and i stay out of trouble and uh, john and i had a lot of similar interests and i just kind of started dating and um Actually went to one of the Stop the Steel rallies together and um, had an amazing time and uh, we planned on going on January 6th but I didn't feel that well. I just, um, you know, looking back a little bit Coincidentally, um, had a, a just a bad feeling in my stomach. And um, anyway, John went ahead and moved forward with it. And um, he happened to be at the West Western Tunnel, witnessing what happened to Roseanne Boyland. And um, of course, he got you know more than ten charges. Can't remember exactly. Um, but needless to say, a year and a half ago, I just sort of I don't know dropped everything and tried to figure out what was going on. And so the last. Now it's been 20 months that John's been invested in this. I've been doing everything I can to kind of stop a triage. And so it's gotten me involved in all kinds of different things. Meeting all kinds of people and moving and shaking like you said I've been doing. Um, Yeah, just average. Stick to myself. Stay out of trouble. So it's been interesting kind of being on the front line. Being kind of an activist. um, Getting in people's faces and making them uncomfortable. It's definitely been a big growing experience for me.
0: You definitely have come by it naturally. Out of curiosity, how did you and john meet
1: uh we were walking actually we were walking down the sidewalk one day <laughs> i was by myself and um he wa- he started walking near me and he was like hey nice- it's a nice day out here isn't it? i'm like yeah i mean he's it was nice like what is this guy doing uh, and I'm-, I'm like i'm going this way he's like oh yeah me too <laughs> and we ended up hitting it off so it was literally just walking down the street um the last person i expected and actually the way he tells the story he i was wearing a beanie and i had a backpack and i think i had kind of dark colors on and he said oh man you know why do the q ones have to be antifa he completely thought i was a leftist which ironically sometimes people i look at the comments about what people say about john and you know he's got like darker skin he looks a little bit like maybe you know kind of a I don't know skateboarder or something, and so sometimes people think he might be Antifa too. So originally he thought I was, and uh, he sparked the conversation, and um, and then kind of just followed me, followed me down the streets of BC, and then um, finally convinced me to have dinner with him the same night. And uh, we had um, a lot in common. We really we both love Nashville. He used to live there, and I ended up moving here and um, we love Eastern Asian philosophy. We are both kind of into the Tao at the time. And so, yeah, he's he's pretty brave and gregarious and he loves to kind of make people smile and connect people. So if you knew John, you'd get that, I guess.
0: Tends to be pretty jovial as well. He likes to make people smile um, in rather tense and uncomfortable situations. I admire his strength in the gulag of being able to call out to the vigil and just crack jokes like, you know, he wants to entertain and be um, be the reason that people are having a good time, despite how just atrocious the situation truly is. So you uh, you got yourself a strong one there for sure. We had a lot of trouble to get this interview even started. We kept getting kicked and disconnected time and time again. And then we had problems with feedback and the echoing. So we had to find another route to help make this interview happen. And I uh, have my suspicions as to why the technical difficulties took place. I don't want to dig into this or speculate too much, but something tells me that the feds need to get better bandwidth. So thank you for putting up with the technical difficulties up to this point. Let's move on with the rest of the interview.
1: Yeah, you were saying that um, John is, its it, he's able to make jokes and, despite all of this. And I guess that, uh, watching him, that's been one of the things that has bonded us together, I feel like, is watching him... Be so gracious about all of it, and be, because sometimes I actually am able to forget. I mean, he has bad days, and things come up, and um, and we get through it. But for the most part, he is just so even keel. And sometimes I just think, oh, he's away at boys, you know, boy scout camp or something, because he hides it so well.
0: I can certainly appreciate his his strength and, like you said, his grace in this because of how bad it is, and you know, he he does it with a smile and has just the epitome of American resolve to be able to handle that. And, you know, just like every relationship, they all have uh, their own struggles and hardships. And I have to commend um, you both for being able to make your relationship last as it has. Because if I understand correctly, you were only together for like, two or three months before he was arrested right
1: <laughs> yes which makes it all the more unbelievable but i yeah I, th- I think it's just some kind of weird intertwined fate that we had to go through this together <laughs> because yeah it would it, it doesn't make rational sense
0: well i it's truly a, a a trial of love tested by fire and so if you guys get through this you'll be able to get through anything and that is truly amazing. So God bless you both on that, on that regard.
1: Well, it was, let's see, uh, up until two Fridays ago, it had been almost, I mean, more than a year and a half and I hadn't even seen his face. So, I mean, I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what he smells like. I ha- don't know what he feels like. I ha- I haven't been touched. He hasn't been touched. You know, he's, he's basically become like this 15 minute jukebox that you know, before uh, the phones changed over last week, we—I have a pretty low-key job, which is how I'm able to do so much for him and for everyone else. But um, we would just do our 15-minute phone calls. Well, then we had the visit in the jail when they opened up visitation finally after basically two years and we got to i mean we had to have a mask over our faces and we had to sit six feet apart and it was really stupid but we did get to hug at the end and we even got to have like a quick kiss in there and you know i got to like feel his hair and i'm like oh my god he's a person again so it actually almost made it harder because i had been so used to this just being like so two-dimensional i guess
0: Um, whenever you heard that they were able to finally get visitation due to, uh, Congressman Troy Nell's visit to the jail, what was that like? How did you feel knowing that you, you would have the possibility of being able to see him for the first time in, in almost two years?
1: Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Everyone was a buzz, and everyone's trying to figure out how to get there. And, you know, um, I live now in Tennessee, so, uh, I, I mean, I have a job, too, I have to be at my office for, but, <laughs> you know, we, like, stopped everything, and, um, actually, I booked a plane ticket to come in and leave on the same day, so I've never done that before, but it was worth the 450 bucks just to be there for him for an hour, and, uh, yeah, I had no idea, I had no idea what to expect, and I've actually never even been inside of a jail before, as crazy as that sounds, but, um... It was exciting. I I wasn't expecting the roller coaster at the end though, because I was thinking, oh, we would feel so good and it would help us get through the next period of time or whatever. But I actually ended up coming off of a of a high and just crashing, just like being so low, because like I said, it just re- like reawakened the the reminder that he's he's a real person and he's in there. And yeah. I mean, the conditions are are so atrocious; they're hard to believe. And um, luckily, some of these men, I mean. All of these men are brave and strong and good. That's one of, been one of the best blessings about this. Um, we're, we're blessed with beautiful people here, even though they've been so, you know, villainized or whatever. But um, but anyway, they're brave enough to cause a ruckus where vulnerable populations or people that wouldn't know how to speak up for themselves, you know, haven't been able to rectify these wrongs. But these guys are loud and they've got connections and we come in big numbers, so we're causing a scene. And so these videos are sneaking out uh, from these discovery laptops of the conditions in there that are like, okay, they've been saying it, they've been yelling it, they've been writing any grievances, but now see for your own eyes what it looks like. And the one, the ones that um, I'm really referring to are the ones that Brandon Fellows snuck out a while ago, but just like a week ago, John got one out that he's trying to get over to Troy Nell's office of the water that comes out of that faucet, which is legitimately completely brown. That's the water that they're expected to drink. And I don't know if you remember uh, Bart Shively's story, who is a heroic, you know, U.S. Marine who got cancer from Camp Lejeune from, you know, the U.S. government. But um, he, he had just undergone his first chemo treatment, which I've never gone through, but apparently is hellacious. And then he's accused of inciting a riot and stuck in a cell like an observation cell for 36 hours with a bed in the middle of the table to drink drinking that water that brown water that comes out of that faucet I mean not checked on for 36 hours and I remember hearing him on the vigil one night breaking down crying saying you know I treat my dog better than this and and that's kind of that's kind of real I mean most people treat their dogs better than the men are being treated in there
0: we had an honor of speaking with uh, Bart Shively Um, Kind of reminder for my audience, he was the uh, January 6th Patriot that got cancer from the um, tainted water from Camp Lejeune um, and then had to suffer lack of medical care inside of the D.C. Gulag.
1: He was being denied treatment from the V.A. and his whole story that he told on Cowboy Logic about how the the administrator at the V.A. said he was uh, they don't treat insurrectionists and. I mean, the only reason that he actually got care was because there was one guard that was very kind that insisted that he wasn't going to take him back until Bart did get care. It's a harrowing story. They treat him like absolute shit, and they've been doing this to everybody, every single one of these men. It's
0: truly heart-wrenching, and it's because of loud and bold patriots like yourself that that are able to, you know, move that goalpost to bring awareness to what it is that they're going through because the media is absolutely silent, and if it wasn't for... Folks like you and Mickey and Randy and Mel and uh, Nicole, et cetera, like the list is long, but if it wasn't for them, then nobody would know what's going on uh, to the men inside and women too. There's women involved. I always say men, but that's kind of a general term. I always say men Um, too.
1: Yeah. There's a couple ladies in there holding it down. I mean, so interestingly enough, um, in terms of timeliness this week, it seems like the world is on fire about Roseanne Boyland. And so we're getting a lot more people that are maybe a little bit closer to mainstream that are talking about Roseanne. And so all of us that have been shouting about it for two years are you know, in disbelief that this is shocking revelatory information for these people. We're like, we've been yelling about it for two years. No one is listening. But so finally things are catching on and maybe that's the news cycle. I've never been the news before and now all of us are the news. So we're witnessing it firsthand. But um, finally, people are starting to say that something happened with Roseanne and, and that her death needs to be investigated. But up until I'd say, you know, two or three months ago, even Donald Trump was saying that only Ro- um, Ashley Babbitt had been killed that day. And um, anyway, yeah, I think we've been yelling and yelling and we're hoping that people finally start to listen. But I mean, vi- video evidence is irrefutable. And uh, that's what's nice about you know where we're at the more we can find it and kind of get it out there the more it can go viral
0: there's irrefutable evidence of roseanne boylan being beaten to death by uh Capitol police officer lila morris she actually broke the nightstick over roseanne boylan's head while she laid on the ground unconscious and her own family has has said numerous times that she did not die with drug overdose like they try to uh smear her with on the media exactly. so We are very happy to see that that is finally starting to come out and hopefully uh, true justice can prevail and we can finally bring some some peace and solace to her family and bring some honor and grace back to her death because it was just absolutely disgusting uh, what had happened to her.
1: I agree completely and also honor back to the names of the men who were around there trying to render aid to her where the Capitol and Metro police that were at the tunnel of that, uh, you know, the, the mouth of that tunnel were treating them like, you know, they were they were, they were were vicious, they were savage, they were relentless in their attacks. People were stuck, people were trying to get out and there were men that were outside that were trying to help people get out. And while those men were trying to render CPR, you know, and help the people that were stuck at the bottom of the tunnel, the police were still beating them. And so, I mean, this new 4K video that came out from Nick Searcy's, you know, documentary crew is, is kind of revolutionizing this story because, I mean, the reason why we're all wanting all this, you know, give us the 14,000 hours or whatever hiding video evidence is there is because the only thing that we have are Metro Police body cam and it's shaky it's pixelated it has a horrible angle you can't see what's going on you cannot tell what's going on it looks like pure chaos i mean imagine in a subway if you had a camera on your chest and you were walking it would look like an insane chaotic scene but the second that you can get back and look into the scene with a 4k camera you can really see what's going on so i mean and like ronald mcabee for example story is on my mind because of this footage was standing, I mean, he's a retired sheriff's deputy. so he's former law enforcement. He has actually received awards for valor for saving someone's life at in when while he was a correctional officer in Georgia. So he knows how to uh, render life-saving aid. And I mean, he was in the area, being thanked by police officers multiple times. He says, I'm trying to help you. The cop says, I know the cop even says, thanks, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Multiple times. I mean, because the crowd was pissed because the crowd was getting attacked for no reason. So they started to get mad. And Maccabee is in there, um, you know, trying to get them to stop hitting Roseanne. The second they get Roseanne out of that area, the protesters are the ones that have to rip Roseanne from out out from under Lila Morris, who's whacking her with a blunt object in the head on top of her in a full rage by the way you can see when lila morris comes to she goes still she goes from raging to totally still and shocked her body language is very very loud but anyway ronald um, turns around tries to give cpr like whips out this medical bag and gives her chest compressions and they're still beating him you know later he brings her back to the tunnel they're still hitting him when he's trying to stay please relax this woman you know this woman needs an ambulance because they couldn't get her back. I mean, and they're calling him, they're calling him a terrorist. Like his, his judge literally said you and the other terrorists and denied his bond twice. Prosecutors played the body cam footage only with no sound. So you cannot hear her friend, Justin Winchell yelling, please help, please stop. You're hurting her. You're suffocating her. She's going to die and all this stuff. You know, like th- it was a, definitely a very perilous scene. So. And the more we look at the body cam footage, I know that most of the American people have seen cherry picked, you know, quick, like Dominic Pizzolos mashed a window and that's a, what, the only thing anybody knows. Or the part about Roseanne where my boyfriend John is, they crop everything with Roseanne and they just show people kind of just like, you know, like moving forward toward this line of police. But when you see what the Capitol Police did, I've been watching these, I hate watching these videos, but I watch them a lot because I'm trying to, make, you know, explainer videos for people and whatever. And Capitol Police are just like, you know, sh- like a woman will just be walking and they'll just shove her She'll sh- and then she'll eat shit and hit her face on a barricade. And people are like, what's your problem, dude? What's your problem? You know, we're standing here. Why are you doing this to us? And, you know, people were getting hit in the face with rubber bullets and, you know, their moms and their wives and their whatever kids were getting attacked. So there was horrible violence that was perpetrated by police that day.
0: One of the first Bits of police brutality that I had witnessed. Uh, we were standing in a confined space and uh, singing, and you know, people were praying, and some people were yelling at the the Capitol police, like you know, honor your oath, etc. But I watched them tear gas an elderly woman and a young child, who I can only assume was her granddaughter. And uh, I actually had yelled for them to throw the canister back um, because being in a confined space with that chemical irritant. Yeah. Um, it could cause breathing problems, and the fact that there was a child. Um, and at that point, my my rhetoric became rather inflamed, and I started to yell at them, like, "How how could you do this? They're unarmed Americans, yeah, you know, et cetera, et cetera." Um, exactly. Yeah, and it, it was truly disgusting. It was absolute tyranny, and the just police brutality that happened to just men and women that went to redress our grievances to the government. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that a lot of the violence that did happen that day was instigated by the Capitol Police because folks were standing around peacefully and then they get hit with crowd suppression uh, ordinance like the hornet's nests or concussion grenades and tear gas. And then they start their nightstick batons and start shoving people with riot shields, etc., and so
1: absolutely and by the way you can be attacked by a police officer and then you will be accused of the assault we've seen this too many times and even more egregiously the way that the statute is written you do not even have to make contact with an officer if you're holding something in your hand and you yell at an officer You will be convicted of assault of an officer with a deadly weapon. Okay, this is the case like with Thomas Webster, for example. Thomas Webster is another one that should make everyone furious. He's a U.S. Marine. He was in the NYPD in like the Bronx or Harlem or something for 20 years. Not one civilian complaint. He has respiratory problems responding to 9-11. He's a heroic father. He's a good guy. He was there at the capitol just to be there like all of us everybody just wanted to be there and show up okay he got he saw what you saw like you know somebody got assaulted or whatever and he got then he got he got whacked in the head by a cop and so he turns around and he has a flagpole in his hand and he yells at the cop and the prosecution was not in disagreement the prosecution did actually agree that thomas webster did not actually touch the officer and even judge meta said I, I understand you just didn't want to get hit in the head again. And the fact that he was wearing a bull, uh, he had a stab proof vest that had expired in 2008. And uh, he said if it was in the summer, he wouldn't have worn it. But he thought, okay, I've been to other rallies. I've seen these people attack. You know, I've seen Antifa attack people. Police do nothing. You know, they're bleeding, whatever. It's cold. I'm just going to put it on. That that also gave him a six-year enhancement on his sentence. This man was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison by a D.C. jury. He didn't even touch a federal officer, but he's been convicted as guilty of assault of a federal officer with a deadly weapon. Like this is what this is. This is what an assault looks like in D.C. You get assaulted and then you get convicted for it. It's crazy. And a year ago, I never would have known it because, like I said, I've never been in a jail. I've never been in trouble. And most of us are the same. Most of us are like, you know, good people that don't mess around like that. But now we're witnessing the the abject corruption. And what yeah, a, guys tried to respond.
0: Let me put a little bit of perspective into this for my audience. When BLM and Antifa were burning down our country for seven months straight in the time that they call the Summer of Love, um, they were using Molotov cocktails and burning cop cars, killing police, assaulting and, and just causing absolute mayhem across our entire nation. The harshest sentence that was put out to any of them that were arrested was a a gentleman that went into a shop and burned it down with the owner inside. And he's seen on video spreading an accelerant across the shop before lighting it on fire. And he says, screw this place, we're going to burn this bitch down. When he went in front of the court they gave him 10 years that was the, the largest sentence out of any of them that were arrested most of the judges said oh well they were just letting off steam and there were politicians screaming with megaphones from the corners trying to get people to help raise bail money and get those that were picked up by the police out and they were all let off with just a slap on the wrist so his sentence is equal to a man that burnt down a shop with the owner inside with complete disregard for for humanity
1: and probably a scumbag that didn't serve, you know, 30 years of his life protecting our country in the most honorable and elite fashion like
0: oh, just hands down.
1: And actually because of all this I I try to get to know people's stories because I've been helping with the gateway pundit articles, um, because people are wanting, starting to finally want to speak up. And so I started to research also what happened in the inaugural protest when Donald Trump was inaugurated. So back in 2015, Antifa had a whole plan and actually project Veritas, um, released some footage about their their, you know, meetings about how they were going to throw acid at Trump supporters. And they were throwing bricks at cops and they were lighting things on fire. And they were they actually did have real signs, like the things that they accuse us of. They had signs that said no peaceful transfer of power and like down with democracy. And I mean, they're insane. But all of those cases, actually, every single one um, got dismissed except for one. And this fellow um, hit a cop in the head uh, with a with a brick, and he ended up having to serve four uh, months in prison in Florida. But not not a single one of them at any time in pretrial. Yeah. You know, pre-trial detention and um, which these guys have obviously been in there for like two years at this point. And I also believe that uh, prosecutors were forbidden from using the words black block, or discussing what they're wearing that day, which is like the big, you know, they love to discuss what these guys are wearing. If you were wearing anything to protect yourself against this kind of violence from the left, then you're getting, you know, enhancements that are going to keep you in jail for another six years and not a single case has been dropped. All these guys are getting convicted. The DOJ has like a 99.9% or whatever. It's like a 99 and a half percent conviction rate on these. I mean, so no, nothing is getting dropped. They're getting prosecuted to the fullest extent.
0: The reason they have such a large success rate, quote unquote, with their uh, convictions is because they push a majority of the cases into plea deals. They just put down the full weight of the federal government on the shoulders of these folks that really just want to, you know, live their lives and raise their families. They have no inclination to do any sort of criminality. Uh, But and they just want the pain to stop and then whenever they do have a patriot that finally says, you know what, I'm not accepting your plea. I'm going to take this to court. Um, They get a biased jury and, you know, they they make it extremely hard to find any type of fairness whatsoever, especially because they will not allow any of the cases to come out of D.C. And they are convicted 100% of all their charges, despite exonerating evidence that proves that they did not do the specific crime they're being charged with, but yet they're found guilty 100% of the time.
1: Exactly. I haven't run the numbers in a couple of weeks, but I did look at every single jury trial, and except for the Oath Keepers, because that's kind of its own league. But um, with the exception of one, every single jury trial has been a guilty conviction on every single count. The only one was this girl and apparently she was like a groiper and she was like a cool internet, you know, like young 20 year old. And they believed that maybe she was lying about stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop because she said she did and there was no evidence. So they dropped that charge and they were hung on the 1512 as they should have been. That's a bullshit obstruction of justice charge. But every single other uh, uh, jury guilty on every single count. Even though exactly what you're saying, there were there would be plenty of examples of like, you know, um, nobody could see a trespassing sign and there were tens of thousands of people and cops are there standing there high fiving you. But you're still guilty of trespassing, you know, according to these D.C. juries. And D.C. also voted more Democrat than San Francisco. And it's it's clearly partisan. So you're right. I mean, either you get either you take a plea deal or you sit in pretrial detention in solitary confinement, drinking brown water, not seeing your family, eating soy products, and not going outside for two years, where you have no income, um, you know, and all the other issues that come with it, you know. Or you take a plea, or you'd go to a jury, uh, you know, that convicts you on all counts, and you get sentenced to more. <laughs> so yeah, these pleas are being taken under duress, no question. Oh,
0: absolutely, in coercion. And not to mention the fact that, um, you know, every change of venue motion that has been put forth has been denied. And despite the lawyers uh, quoting case, case law that states that, you know, there's numerous reasons why they should take the case out of D.C. And one of which is uh, even Supreme Court uh, precedent, Supreme Court rulings uh, that state that no victims can be on the uh, in the jury pool and every person in dc is considered a victim because of january 6th the national guard shut down the city caged off the area they all have people that um, work within the government or work for the government themselves had some sort of uh, involvement with the federal government and therefore you know it shows conflict of interest and it shows that they are all victims of the aftermath of this and the constant news uh, coverage and you know especially like the sham jan 6 committee uh bullshit that they were putting out um, everybody in that city feels victimized by january 6 whether you you know no matter how you think of it good bad indifferent uh whether you think everybody there was an insurrectionist or you think it was a protest gone wrong uh you were still um you know victimized by it because of how the city reacted, how the federal government reacted, shutting down their hives and shutting down streets and making it so that folks work, etc. And, uh, you know, they but they're still bringing in those folks to be on the juries. And obviously, they're going to be biased. And whenever the judge asks them, can you overlook your bias and think fairly, they're out of pressure, are going to answer yes. To Having
1: them. an agenda, I mean, ulterior motive. Yes, of course I can. Meanwhile, they got a BLM sticker on their car, and they're flipping off the defendants when they leave the courtroom. I mean, that literally yeah. happened at Pete Schwartz and Jeff Brown's trial. A juror, juror flipped them off as they were leaving.
0: <clears throat> Just spoke with uh, Jeff Brown last week, awesome. and uh, yeah, I'm going to be putting out his interview uh, here shortly. I wanted to have a second run with it because we got cut off. And I also wanted to speak with his girlfriend to, um, you know, kind of ask about how this has all affected her too, et cetera. So look forward to that one. It's going to be coming down the chute as soon as I can get it all put together. How has, on that note, how has this affected you personally in your life?
1: Uh, It's totally changed my life actually. Um, But I also have witnessed firsthand So many things that I wouldn't have even believed 12 months ago. And it almost makes it hard to relate to people. Even people that are, you know, generally speaking, conservative um, are maybe sometimes hostile to the facts of my experience. I've seen it. I've lived it. I know it's true. I'm not making it up. It's not like a rumor mill. I mean, I go to court, I read the motions. I hear every day, you know, just reports from John, like what's going on, who's doing this, what happened, you know? And um, so I know, I know, um, I know some things now that I just, I, it's like, I've seen things I can't unsee, you know? And um, I mean, it's given me a, a great passion for maybe rectifying some wrongs that I'm seeing in the you know the jails or the prison system and and maybe even the courts but um, yeah I I mean I feel like I've grown up a lot I have a lot more wisdom about how the world works and I think one thing conservatives or like mainstream conservatives think um, is that the criminal justice system is working because maybe we don't really interact with it that much and the reality is that it's the complete opposite of that things are very very bad. I have a girlfriend of mine who is like really on the left. And um, I was just telling her about what I'm going through. And um, she's, uh, she's black. She's from the South. She does diversity, equity, and inclusion training, if you can believe it. And she said, Kelly, we've been telling you guys this, you know, for like decades. And finally, I'm like, all right, well, let's unite. You know, we, it's like this, we, the people thing. It's funny because the left is so convinced that maybe we're like these evil insurrectionists that are. I don't know, gonna hurt them or something. But we're like, hey, actually we agree with a lot of your talking points. And so we need to join up because together we could be an indomitable force. So, I mean, I would say that has been the biggest change. My my worldview, my worldview has totally changed.
0: That is um, actually something that a lot of folks have, have mentioned that have been in this uh, firsthand. We spoke with Sean Witzman and he actually brought uh, to my attention that whenever the BLM riots and the Antifa Protests first started that they met backlash from the conservative side and they were, you know, tearing down their signs and silencing their free speech. And even though we don't agree with it and, you know, we definitely don't agree with what they did after that fact. But when they first initially started to speak up about the issues that they had, that we shut them up, we violated their, we as a whole, like the country shut down their freedom of speech. And now we are suffering the consequences of allowing that to happen to them because we are also being silenced in our freedom of speech and our rights are being trampled on as well. And so I think you're on to something that we all need to kind of band together as we the people. You know, as Mama Mickey puts it, we the people need to be the people. And that is, um, I don't think true words have ever been spoken. We need to unite together as one and, and fight this.
1: Yeah. In fact, I'd like to articulate all of the positive things that have come out of what everybody's been doing in in the January 6th movement for prison reform because so now I'm kind of tiptoeing into leftist spaces to see what they're talking about. You know, I follow like Solitary wash, Unlock the Box and stuff like that. And they always want to attribute uh, whatever's going on to like well it's because you know black people say it's because we're black and then the gay people say it's because we're gay and the Muslim people are like it's because we're Muslim and then we're over here like it's because we love Donald Trump but like okay how about we just all band together we've all got our little issues and maybe like in Minnesota it's one thing and in Texas it's another thing but it's definitely happening we don't have to say well just because I'm not black I can't be on your side we can do this together so I see but I see these people they say oh look at these January 6 people all they do is what they're doing for themselves completely inaccurate every time i hear these men open their mouth they want to help everybody and i have many many examples of all of the activism that we've been doing as a community that's helped all of these men as a community all of the loud talking we've been doing about how horrible the things are in dc got the marshals out there got the place condemned and 400 people were moved to lewisburg where you get fruit, you get protein, you get wreck, you get a real, you get a real, what Brandon Fellows calls jail heaven, although I think it's a federal prison, but I mean, they've res- rescued them from there. They're about to rescue people from Northern Neck. Brandon Fellows ha- was um, actually responsible for helping one of these indigent guys file a complaint about the abuses that he suffered, and he was awarded without any negotiations and within a week. He was awarded a hundred thousand dollar settlement payout that was just courtesy of brandon fellows teaching this man how to file a complaint and so i mean there's a lot of things that have been happening because we're we're here in force with you know these whatever abilities or whatever and we're, and we're helping each other and then we get rejected by the left when we're doing the work that they want to do too you know we together we could do so much more so yeah i I feel lucky for all of that. And I'm, I'm trying my best to kind of bridge that, but I know the left is mad, they're angry, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> they got issues, but <laughs> hopefully they can stop having them against us. I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, I was reading, you know, Barry Ramey is one of these guys. He's up in Northern Neck now. And he wrote a letter about what his experience has been like. And he said he got into the jail and actually the guys in the jail were like, no, we're cool with you. And so, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, confusion. I think a lot of, you know, we don't really know where we stand. We just have to be brave and hope that we win people over, I guess.
0: Well, it definitely helps that we are on the right side of history and, you know, fighting an establishment that has come down on the people as a whole. Um, You know, we tend to compartmentalize our, our grievances because we focus on ourselves and what we are going through. But we need to realize that this is tragedies that have been happening to Americans for generations in every side of the aisle. No matter what sort of beliefs or you know lifestyle a person has, they have in many times had to suffer their rights being stepped on and disregarded by the federal government, specifically the justice system. Uh, prison reform is something that needs to happen. And there have been tons of stories over the last several decades that have highlighted some of the just atrocious and disgusting treatment that these men and women have suffered. Um, too many people have died within the justice system and within the prison systems from the neglect of guards or neglect of medical, just outright abuse and yeah. uh, torture.
1: Not to mention extortion, uh, you know, and also just the the financial destruction too. I mean, it's on. it's from every angle, but yeah, amen, exactly right.
0: So, you know, you've been with John for uh, coming close up to two years now. And uh, I'm so glad, by the way, that you finally got the visit with him. Uh, Let us know a little bit about a little bit about John, his story and and some of the things that he's he's had to go through and moments that you guys have shared.
1: Yeah, I would love to. So John has been incarcerated now. For more than 700 days, I don't have the exact day today, but it's over 700 days without a bond hearing. So he is one of the very egregious examples of this completely communist, you know, oppressive tyranny that we're facing. But he was arrested in February of 2021, February 16th, actually. Um, He was with his parents in Williamsburg, Virginia, and he got kind of lost in the system for about three weeks. And the magistrate judge, was livid once he finally got to the court, that he had been lost for 17 days without a bond hearing. So he admonished the prosecutors, he admonished the court, and he shipped John up to the charging district, which would be DC. And then John has now been languishing there for the last 20 months without a bond hearing. Part of that was because, He had a he had a public defender who hates Trump supporters and actually told John at one point that Roseanne Boylan deserved what she got. And it was actually at that meeting that John decided without a plan, without the money to fund it, he was going to fire this guy and figure out what to do after that. He couldn't believe that he had just heard that out of somebody's mouth that was supposed to be defending him. That that public defender also tried to get him to take a plea offer without even um, seeing the body cam footage of what happened. Um, John had never even seen his discovery at that point. And, um, they had also miscalculated a lot of things on his, they had falsely accused him of things on his record, which is actually kind of, um, uh, it's happened to other men too. So I don't know why the prosecutors just ramp up their, their criminal histories to, I don't know why they won't take it off. Needless to say, he fired him and he wrote a letter to the Gateway Pundit that was published by Kara Castronova. And that was actually just an outpouring of support that um, donations came in and he was able to afford a private lawyer. Um, And so last December, the bond motion was filed and we had Judge Emmett Sullivan, who John had great respect for. But John has this sort of tendency to be like really hopelessly, you know, optimistic. And so Sullivan was retiring, and Sullivan is the same judge that called Ronald McAbee a terrorist. He's well-known by some people for aggressively pursuing Michael Flynn after he was kind of exonerated. Um, We never got any of the politicized commentary, but needless to say, he was maybe ill or he's retiring or whatever, and he kept postponing hearings. So we had maybe 11 or 12 cancellations or postponements until um, Judge Sullivan was removed from every single January 6th case and John was reassigned. So he was reassigned about two months ago and now we're working on getting a status hearing and right now his next status hearing is February 22nd. So hopefully he gets a bond at that point because he's been in pretrial detention for two years. He didn't injure anybody. He had a stick that was handed to him on the scene in his hands for 10 seconds and he left. He never said anything, you know, like revolutionary or anything violent or anything like that. He's just like a, you know, a dork in a backpack with a backpack and a cowboy hat type of thing, and he's been suffering ever since. But to make it all even worse, um, he was arrested in February, and then in May, his father died. So um, his dad's a two-time Purple Heart awarded combat veteran from the Vietnam and Korean Wars. And like the hero of his life, his best friend. And he was denied a an emergency release request just for the weekend to go to the funeral. And now it's been, you know, the, the one-year anniversary since his dad's death has passed. And he hasn't been able to, you know, see anybody's face or anything like that. But like I said, he's been really, he's been keeping his head up. And the best thing um, that's happened to him has been helping other guys get money so um get money well fundraise so he helps them write a letter he helps to get published and he's helped you know over a dozen men that's kind of how i get involved um and uh so that keeps him really busy and then i mean he's just a giver and he's a lover and uh He he loves Christmas, so this is the second Christmas now in a row that he's started a fundraiser that he publicized on Gateway Pundit. Last year it raised $15,000, and this year it raised $21,000. All of that money was donated to to general population inmates. Um, They have a program called Angel Tree, but it was for like local D.C. families, so they have a good Christmas. So for anybody that tries to say that these are horrible men, they're racist, and they hate you know, everybody besides themselves. I mean, John is just one walking example. And there are many that are in there that are fantastic, you know, amazing, productive, kind-hearted, big-hearted, strong, good men in there. So, um, yep. So John's just a way time. That's where we're at. Uh,
0: put a little perspective on that. A bond hearing is supposed to happen right when somebody's arrested to determine if they are allowed to have bond or bail or whatever and he has been denied a bond hearing for 2 years and sitting in pretrial detention that's no trial no conviction just sitting there waiting to go to court and so that alone is is disgusting
1: it's disgusting it's so un-american not only has he not been convicted of any crimes but he hasn't even been determined if he should be staying in jail right now and to put it into perspective just my go-to example the waukesha parade killer had a horribly extensive criminal record killed six people injured 60 people and he was offered a bond in less than two days in 48 hours that guy had a bond, had a bond offered to him and we have plenty of examples of people that are accused of rape and murder that are offered bond. And you know what, I, I the way that the justice system works and the way America should be is that you are innocent until proven guilty. And so unless there's some insane, completely crazy, you know, Houdini escapee, you know, serial killer, then you should be released on bond. We all know that, the left knows that, everybody knows that. And these men are sitting in there, haven't even injured anybody. Um, and are getting denied bond. But yeah, John hasn't even been seen for his bond hearing. So it's very, very, very un-American.
0: Now, as the uh, as for the fundraising, you say that's where you get involved. Um, I've heard that you, um, because of what, what John has, has helped direct within the jail and uh, asking for your assistance outside of the jail, you have helped raise over $2 million for the legal defense of the men inside is that correct
1: yeah i tag team with kara because kara's done a lot of it and i kind of just have been riding on her coattails because like i said i'm i'm just a regular person and i just got kind of looped in but yes so and it's actually there's not a lot of good news in this whole experience it's just been kind of slogging through the mud for all this time but the payoff that comes with putting out a good story for them, telling their side, and then seeing what happens for them financially. Just like the relief that comes to their family. I have gotten several. I've gotten more than, Wolf sustain me through this phone calls from people that say I got a notice from the bank my house was going to go in foreclosure or their car was going to get repossessed or their kids didn't they didn't know how they were going to pay the lunch bill next month or things like this that are really affecting these people because their main breadwinner has been taken out of the workforce and is now costing them $500 a month or whatever just to survive so all you know all the donations that come in not only help with legal defense but literally feeding people so that that is That's something I spend a lot of time on actually because it's so fulfilling. So yeah, and then and then I also by virtue get to know people's stories and their cases really well. And it's become this really new kind of like obsessive fashion fascination with watching how these prosecutors are lying, how they um, you know, how the judges are responding and kind of just like the it's it's definitely a drama. Um so everyone is a soap opera in some kind of way. But yeah, these letters getting published have changed people's lives. And I've been blessed enough to be able to kind of be a facilitator there.
0: I'm going to be sitting front row in the box office with an unlimited supply of popcorn because it, it, it has truly been um, just an absolute roller coaster of emotions. And I mean, like, we can't believe uh, how, just how broken the system is. That we all thought we can trust yeah. truly is, and it's um, you know when when the day comes that these are highlighted and the truth comes out, and you know like I said, there, there's going to be movies made um, about each and every one of these men and women that are suffering under the persecution of the DOJ yeah. um, simply for their political beliefs. Um, it's it's going to be amazing to see, and so I, I can't wait until the day when truth is able to fly free and the American people and people worldwide really can can truly see what has happened. Um, I just hope that it can be soon because it is just absolutely heart-wrenching to see these men and women suffer any longer because, like you said, innocent until proven guilty um, unfortunately is dead in our nation right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel good about John. I mean, when we talk, I know he's going to be okay. We're going to get through this and no one's going to get hurt. But there are people in there, you know, they've got maybe small or infant children who are without their dad for all this time. And maybe their dad will always have lifelong guilt because whatever they've, you know, have to go through. But there are also men that are, you know, valiant, heroic men that are so important to us as Americans who have real issues with PTSD that they've acquired because of the dirty work that our country has had them do, that are being stuck in a box that maybe don't have support, that are going crazy. And I, I don't know, you know how much it takes or, or if you can come back after you're broken, but I, I worry for some of them that they'll break. And so, I mean, that's. I agree. I hope it's soon. I hope it's soon. It's almost like the longer that it's been, and at this point, it's like, all right, already, come on. But you know, the longer that it goes on, it's like the more undeniable and egregious it is. But at a certain point, it's like, okay, we've you've made your point. You know, we've moved on. Nobody's hurt. Let us go. But everybody's story. You're right. Is I mean, it a movie could be made because every single story has just like unbelievable elements uh you know suspense horror all of it it's crazy
0: right it's full of laughs and tears and i I look forward to the day when the lawsuits are going to be glorious because (laughs) they they definitely need to write what's going on in our country to fix this broken system but more directly more immediately they need to be compensated for the true torture that they've had to suffer and you brought up a good point um with like their children for every person that has been arrested and we're coming up close to a thousand now they have created for each arrest they have created an additional handful of victims their families their children specifically and you know the wives the mothers the husbands the brothers it's just it, it breaks my heart to see what the families go through. And um, I'm extremely thankful for those that have reached out and joined the different groups on telegram and uh, different groups that are out there helping in this fight and bringing uh, not only awareness, but bringing legal defense and financial aid, like what you're doing to help save homes, to save families, to feed children, to, to help them restore a little bit of normalcy in their life, even though their loved one is sitting in, just the most horrific of, of situations, and so we can't thank you enough for everything that you've been doing. Um, when I said shaker and mover at the beginning, I, I honestly meant it when I said I was being modest, uh, <laughs> because you have done um, more for this nation and more for the families and more for the J Sixers than anybody else that's out there directly involved in it. You know, your your boyfriend is sitting in prison. You very well could just sit at home and. Well, to be real honest, you could just say, to heck with you, I'm not interested anymore, and move on. But you decided to get into the fight, and more so, you're not sitting down just sulking or being upset that this is happening to you and to him. You're out there helping others and changing people's lives to help try to make it better, get these men and women's stories out there. And to do what you can as, as a single person to change this nation, you are way up there in front kicking ass and taking names so we cool. go definitely hip our hat to you
1: I, I go to uh, sometimes I go to Pastor Locke's church out here in Mount Juliet because John actually knows him from uh, like a, back in the day he used to be his Longhorn Steakhouse server you know favorite server and what Pastor Greg Locke, yeah. yeah, and he hosted Reawaken tour this weekend which was really cool I got to uh, watch him get introduced to Mickey and so that was a cool connection but one time Pastor Locke said sometimes you just gotta roll up your sleeves and get dirty for Jesus <laughs> I just felt like that is so relatable you know like we want to say oh you know not now like I'm good I got a house I got a car I got a vacation plan next month like I got stuff to do I you know I want to get this and I want to do that but God is knocking on your door like actually well you're needed right here and I think that's one thing that's very cool about all the people that we know that are in this movement is like we see wrong and we want to make it right. Like I I mean I guess occasionally we run into some people that are maybe like have some ambition or some grift going, but it's so few and far between. Most of these people that I get to meet because of what I'm doing right now with you and all these, you know, all the players, they're they're so they're just good they're just so motivated by what's good. So I feel lucky. I feel lucky to be part of that. Oh.
0: You are um, you're a beautiful soul ma'am and as for the grifters uh, they all kiss my ass <laughs> yeah. it it is just the most disgusting thing that you could try to benefit off of the torment and torture of American families you know the children that are victims they just they completely turn their nose up to that and try to benefit and glorify themselves and steal money from those that are wanting to help you know somebody donates to try to help get them a a good lawyer to help to you know restore the family back into their home or whatever the story may be but they take that money and they you know give themselves an eight hundred thousand dollar a year salary and that's an actual number from a a grifter that we're not going to mention here because uh we're polite (laughs) yes Uh, you know, there's there's been articles and exposes put out about uh, this group and these people. And so hopefully they will get their comeuppance because they're going to have to answer to God one day. And, uh, you know, he'll he'll do that fight for us. That's but, right. you know, they know who we're talking about. And so to them, shame, shame on you.
1: Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, bless your heart. I forgot. I'm in Tennessee now.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. You in the south now. Oh, bless your heart. That's right. <laughs> You, you've had a chance to go down to the vigil i'm sure um, yeah. I've, I've, what has that been like
1: wow it is amazing i wish i could quit my job and go there all the time honestly although i will say that we have attracted some trolls and it's some low low vibrational energy and um you know it wants to suck us down and they're nasty and they're they're kind of like demons and so that is a little bit of a damper and we're trying to figure out how to you know, mute them. But other than that, um, I mean, I grew up in DC, but I don't know. There's just this cloud of darkness upon it. You just get there and you just want to leave like your skin crawls. The courtroom is your skin crawls. It's an evil place. It's a dark place. But that little corner that they've subsequently named hashtag freedom corner is just this beautiful little space of, of light. And, uh, I remember, so I got to spend a week there. I took a week off. I spent every day there and we had tambourines and we had music and we danced and we sang and we waved flags and we're all different kinds of people. And, you know, just this motley crew of of people that just, that just love the truth and they love the light. And we just want to be there, just present for these men that we know are suffering. And, um, Yeah, it's just a, it's just a beautiful, safe place. And so, I mean, not only that, but now I'm home, I'm back in Tennessee, and I can log on because of these amazing live streamers, a phenomenon that I only knew existed because of this. Now I'm into this whole idea. They're getting the truth out, you know, unadulterated. But I mean, it's this community where we can all gather. We have people that log on every night and we're in the chat and we're, you know, listening in to see how these guys are doing. They get to say their piece we get to learn you know what's happening we get to laugh with them and I don't know if you've ever seen any of the nights where they've um, happened upon what they call (laughs) what did Bobby call it one night Uh, grandma's funky lemonade Um, I think maybe there was like some spoiled juice that got into somebody's room somewhere and they get goofy and they tell us how they celebrate Christmas and so it's the same thing we laugh we cry but we're there with them And um, it's a really special place. Uh, General Flynn has called. Donald Trump has called. um, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene has called. We've had family members visit, lawyers visit. um, And the content that we're creating, this documentation of the experiences that they go through every day is, I mean, this is going to be the book that we look back on to say, what were these political prisoners going through? Um, What was the torture like? What was every day like? Yeah, it, it's a it's a special place. And and Mickey is a very strong woman to be doing it every day because they're 12-hour days. She's in court all day long. She does interviews when she's taking breaks. And then they set up in the vigil, and they stay there till 9.45 every night, drive back to their place like 45 minutes away. You know, she's fighting haters all over the place. And even on that corner, she comes. She's, she's so strong, so... Yeah, I, I definitely encourage anybody to, to log in and participate because, you know, sometimes I can't take it and I can't log in. But when I do come back and I hear what they're talking about, I mean, last night I was on and they're doing a new thing where they're going through the the abuses. So Sean McHugh was on talking about his experience, how he got really set up, you know, getting abused by the, these guards. And I mean, it, it'll it'll make your jaw drop. It's amazing. Yeah, and-
0: Uh, the live streamers you know they have been doing a wonderful job and um, I I log in as much as I possibly can Um, for my audience they know that uh, on my website singforfreedom.us they can actually log into the live streams and watch uh, via Freedom Express Media because of David Valentine um, and and watch the vigil um, as it happens every single night and uh, you know it's truly a blessing and the chat that is in there is just positive and patriotic and you know nation loving, and they are all just giving words of love and hope and encouragement to the the men inside, and to be able to hear the firsthand accounts from the men themselves, um, you know, every single day of what they're going through. Um, it's it's truly heartwarming and moving. And um, you mentioned Christmas. I'm sure you heard the the men singing Silent Night right
1: yeah
0: Uh, because you know i do the sing for freedom campaign uh to stand in solidarity with the men that are that sing the anthem every night from inside which they do at the vigil um every single night as well uh to sing with them but i had a a lady a j6 who is out here on the outside uh she wished to remain anonymous but she wanted to try to show a little Christmas spirit and had asked me to reach out to them and asked if we could put it under the banner of sing for freedom to have them sing. Oh, Holy night. And, uh, you know, talk to them. And, um, I actually, um, I asked Mel to kind of give me a hand with that cause she has a, a direct line with some of the guys inside, uh, which I don't have because of me being a J six J6er. there's no way that I'm going to get, um, access to that. But, through Mel, uh, we talked to them and asked if they would do it and they were like, uh, no, hell no. We're not doing <laughs> yeah. that. We, we don't know this song. Like, Oh Holy Night, that's tough. <laughs> like, what know? are we, a
1: boys choir? A men's choir? Right.
0: <laughs> and so they ended up settling on uh, Silent Night, which, that's funny. Um, whenever they did that, before they sang, they actually told the story about during World War II when um, they called a ceasefire and the Germans and Americans sang Silent Night together and actually exchanged gifts and, Of course, after that was over and the ceasefire ended, they they went back to fighting. But it was just a moment where there was just true Christmas spirit and and peace on earth for that that brief moment. And it's a truly beautiful history of that song, but they sang it. And the people that it has moved and inspired, um, I still get told, you know, hear stories about it and get told about how amazing that was, that they were able to do that, to show that little bit of christmas joy even though they are locked up inside
1: that's and awesome. um
0: whenever i had the chance of, of speaking to some of the guys inside i was speaking um i was speaking with shane jenkins and uh he started to relay the story of silent night to me about how they were asked to do it and i laughed and i was like yeah because people got upset about it at first and i was like well if anybody's mad and they can be mad at me because that's my fault <laughs> um, I'm the one that was asking you guys to do it. And, he, you know, he just laughed. He was like, that's all you, man. I was like, yeah, we're... So a couple of the guys were pretty, you know, uh, annoyed by that. But they ended up doing it because they saw the effect that it had. Um, there was one of the gentlemen was on Cowboy Logic with Donna Donna. And uh, the other gentlemen were in the background practicing. And the person that was speaking with Donna Donna was one of those hardliners. that was like, screw that. I'm not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> one of the ladies in the audience wanted to speak with him and she spoke with him and asked if uh if he could sing the anthem and so she he started to do that and then was like actually you know what they're they're practicing this and they brought the guys that were practicing silent night over and to sing to her and she just started bawling her eyes out and was crying and um the Donna Donna said, You know, I wish my dad was here to hear this because he's like a, a choir director, college, whatever.
1: Wow. And I know they're good. <laughs> Every night they practice with the
0: them. <laughs> they, they ended up being able to um, sing for for Don's dad as well. And that's when he relayed the story of World War II to them. He's like, I don't know if you guys realize what this is, but, you know, it was truly beautiful and it was just moving and, and it made him cry as well. And I know several people that, that were able to witness that were just unable to hold back tears because of the inspiration that they are are giving our nation. You know, And this is why I have no equivocations to call them all heroes, because they spoke up for our nation. They've held the grace of what true American values means the entire time that they've been in there dealing with the atrocious conditions and the torture and the beatings and the macing. All of the injustices, but yet they still handle it in the ways that are constitutional and just em- exemplify true American greatness. And it's folks like yourself that are doing this as well, because you say you have to deal with the haters down on Freedom Corner and the the comments and the things that you get in your real life out here. But yet you still put your better foot forward and think of others and do everything that you possibly can to help make this tragic situation right for our country again so thank you
1: yeah i mean it takes a village we're all out there doing stuff you mentioned david valentine i mean like i i try i want so badly to support him i i do i try my best to you know every so often like salt the tip jar a little bit because the work that he's doing is invaluable i mean and that's how you know you're saying that about me but the same is true about you the same is true about we could name off like You know, two dozen people that have their little corner that they've staked out that they've said, you know, no, I don't see it the way that the mainstream media sees it. And I do believe that these men are heroic and I'm going to stand right by them. You're right. Their grace, their poise, their strength is heroic. What they're going through patiently, you know, playing along in this game is is fantastic to watch. And I don't know. I don't know any guys that day, like all the guys that I'm friends with, that I've become friends with through this none of them were going out of their way to try to box cops and kill people and downfall of democracy whatever they're trying to say about them not a single one every single one was responding to a crisis and trying to de-escalate a situation because they love their country because they respect their country so and and now they're being gracious throughout this this, this insane um torture so i agree it, it's been a lot of heroism i, I feel lucky to be close to them and I mean they're like my my a basketball team you know I mean like they'll John will tell me what Sean did that was silly today or whatever you know little stories but like I I, I'm spoiled because that's just my daily life but people that know what's going on are like what who wow oh we can talk to them I remember one time I got in an uber and it came up And John called me right when I was there and my Uber driver, I mean, has remained in contact with me for like a year and a half now because he was like, oh my God, you know? I mean, like, is he he okay? You know, it's just, it's, it's shocking. So it's so cute also to hear what that woman, you know, her reaction, she was crying when they were singing because I mean, yeah, I hope that they know. I think that they know because they get a lot of letters they get letters and letters and letters from people but i hope that they know how much people are awed by them
0: yeah actually last week's episode was uh speaking with Ms. paula calloway and marie goodwin of the patriot mail project uh, discussing the letters um, that they receive and the letters that they send out to america and of course highlighting the awesome book of american gulag chronicles uh, which I definitely recommend everybody in the audience to go and check out because I didn't even make it eight pages before I started tearing up to see firsthand accounts of what these men are going through and their the sheer love of nation and the grace that that you mentioned uh, that they are handling it with. It is just awe-inspiring.
1: Yeah. I was reading a letter that Chris Quaglin wrote to his son, who's an infant, um, but it was just sort of... Uh, just like an expression of, of his sorrow and why he was there and, and his hope for the future and all of that stuff. And it, I was bawling. So it's, hard. yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's, folks might not realize it. I mean, they know it, they say it, but to have the realization like these are real men and women, these are real people. Their lives have been completely upended simply because they have a different political view than the current establishment and they dared to say, that we wanted to look at the election before giving it a rubber stamp of approval. Um, and, you know, all because for some reason, this administration, the institutions that are running our nation are completely against Donald Trump, even though he did great things for our nation. Um, you know, and as soon as the Brandon administration took over, gas prices, food prices, our supply chains, the economy shutting down, like, Uh. Our country is being dismantled piece by piece by piece. And yet everybody is still saying like, oh, he's the best president ever. It (laughs) makes me sick to my stomach. Like, no, and it's obvious that he's not. Um, But yet for some reason, you know, the mainstream hates the orange man, but he did great things for our country. And, you know, personally myself, I didn't go to the Capitol for Trump. I spoke up because I love my nation. I swore an oath to the Constitution. I didn't do it for him. I did it for red, white, and blue. I did it for all glory. And I went and I spoke my piece and I tried to defend the defenseless. I gave aid to the wounded. I preached no violence the whole time I was there. But yet I'm facing 40 years in prison. And I just told them to stick their plea deal where the sun doesn't shine. And I'm taking it. I can't put it into words. Like there's no way that I can wrap my head around the fact that people don't see just the actions that have been done to our nation under this new administration versus what Trump had been doing for our country and the in the greatness that we had. Like, we were energy independent. Unemployment was, like, non-existent. The education system started to be fixed. There's just so many great things that were being done, but yet people just want to focus on a Twitter account or some little talking point that the mainstream, mainstream propaganda media tries to shove down our throat to make him, uh, you know, to villainize him. And it's because of the great Americans that, went to January 6th to speak up for our nations and election integrity that we are in this fight. You know, if we don't have a safe election, we don't have a country. It's just outright tyranny, a dictatorship at that point. And so just to ask for an investigation, now we're all being thrown into to prisons, our lives upended, people are, you know, being arrested with 5 a.m., no-knock raids, wow. and just absolute tyranny. And every story that I hear is just gut-wrenching of how these men and women are treated
1: we have miscarriages i mean you know people having a woman had a miscarriage from this raid and i remember listening to dr simone gold ptsd after getting raided she's just a regular lady she was just walking around she got you know uh, helicopters and the drones and the you know i mean insane just totally insane and you're right i mean these men would these you know million people came to just say hello we care about election integrity and now they're super villains
0: yeah the worst insurrection ever
1: (laughs) yeah with no guns
0: yeah no we're the party of the second amendment but no guns were brought no no violence like outright violence happened you know granted, somebody gets hit in the head with a nightstick they turn around and cuss at a cop or you know it I highlighted, um, I believe in the last episode, um, maybe the one before that as well, but I try to bring up often that there's a lot of the men sitting in the DC jail right now, have charges against them of assault on a police officer simply for trying to stop the murder of Roseanne Boylan. You know, putting themselves in between the cop and Roseanne while she was being beat or grabbing at the nightstick to try to stop her from being beaten to death. But yet they're now charged with assault and Lila Morris is given an award
1: yeah, exactly.
0: So I know that there is a website out there. We promote it on um, our website. I actually have you guys marked down as one of our affiliates to help our um, audience find it easier um, in case they might not know the name of it, but it's uh, wearegoodmen.com. What is the story of that? What, how did wearegoodmen.com come into fruition?
1: Yeah, John is the Oz of this. I just, I just have hands and, you know, I'm just boots on the ground, but... Um, uh, we wanted a place where we could collect the stories of the men in their own words as told by them. Um, and so wearegoodmen.com was available. And so we put, if I find or if I'm aware of an interview that any of the men in the DC jail or the Northern Neck and Lewisburg jails now have done, I'll try to put it on there. And so I know now there's a trove of interviews of J Sixers. On your site that I'm, I can't wait to load onto ours. I miss some, and there are a few people that have kind of their own little. You know site brewing so like you know jake lang's got his site he's he's got he can t- he can do it but like there are a lot of guys that are kind of just orphans out there in the world and so it's just kind of a place you can go to hear from the men in their own words because the guys were so tired of being smeared lied about you know slandered throughout local press national press you know at the impeachment hearing they're like somebody's got to tell our sign so that's and and a lot of the stories that go out on gateway pundit are completely smashed on google so if you need a gateway pundit story go to go to our site
0: that's it and i encourage everybody to go check out wearegoodmen.com um that you can hear stories firsthand directly from the the men at the dc gulag and like you said uh, northern neck and uh, lewisburg now as well and some of the media presence that they've been able to work out. A lot of times their interviews are done through the through phone calls. You know, it, it's a beautiful site. Uh, who was who the one that actually uh, put it together, like built it?
1: Oh, you like it? Aw, thanks. That was me.
0: Good job. Yeah, kudos. Thanks. Very, very well done.
1: Aw. I revamped the Roseanne section because of all this new video that came out. <laughs> and Luke Coffee. like all of his interviews have been fantastic. So those are on there and then we have a couple of uh what john calls calls featured patriots so like you know some of the guys have zero people that are out in the world helping them and maybe they're just too afraid to speak out so they don't really have fundraising opportunities so we put you know we put a few people's fundraisers on there too to kind of like direct traffic that way but i appreciate that yeah thanks thanks I try to tell John what it looks like, you know, but he's in there like hoping it looks good. So I think he had a court date one day and he got to look at a computer. So I think he's seen it. I think he snuck a look somewhere. But.
0: Well, I can definitely tell you that you have put a lot of hard work and uh, due diligence into that site and it, it works rather well and it, it is very appealing to the eye. But I could not, um, whenever I have visited the website, the very first time I ended up almost pulling an all nighter and then having to go to work in the morning. Uh, because before i realized what time it was because i was just absolutely sucked in and enthralled in everything that i was reading and seeing and you know with the interviews and all of that right. and so you know kudos and and all your hard work that you do and i'm sure whenever john is able to to sit down and kind of go through it that he will be impressed in all the amazingness that you have put into there so go check it out go check it out, folks. Wearegoodmen.com. And you can hear, like I said, directly from them, their stories, their testimonies, as well as to be able to lend a helping hand to see their fundraiser. Is there anything that you would like to share with the American people on how they can help? Uh,
1: First of all, being familiar with what's going on and trying to talk to people about it, I think would help us build some bridges just within our communities. So Just listen to what's happening. Just have awareness about it if you catch a story. And then our biggest push is for some congressional oversight, some investigations. And so if you have the opportunity, maybe you are politically involved and you go to a luncheon and you see a congressman or you are up at night and you wanna write an email or a letter or make a phone call. Um, We want investigations um, specifically Like my agenda would be John's agenda um, and about a dozen of the guys in the D.C. jail would be an investigation into the death of Roseanne Boyland. But also really, we want oversight into the court proceedings and we want to know why we're not getting change of venue granted. So, um, you know, maybe just any any, um, you know, little ping you can um, write to your representative or pick a representative of one of the men that are in there to say we need attention to this. So those are those are probably the best action items that I can say for people. But even just awareness and talking about things, if you get a receptive audience, I mean you'll really awaken them to what's going on. Even people on the right that love, that watch Steve Bannon's war room, like even those people still don't even know a lot of what's going on. So don't be shy about educating yourself on what's happening here because this is affecting millions of us and it could it could keep trickling down. I feel like, you know, I I didn't get to talk about this, but the prosecutor made up three lies about me in the courtrooms so that the FBI could investigate me. And I'm I was just uh, John's third party custodian. I was proposed as the place he would stay when he was released, if he was ever going to be released on bond. And the prosecutor asked for an extension of two and a half months to do a criminal investigation into me. I'm an innocent civilian, and I don't even know what's illegal and illegal anymore in terms of like. If I posted a pro-Donald Trump, you know, if I post something about Ashley Babbitt, she's on the domestic terrorist, you know, info sheet. I don't know if you guys saw that that was leaked from the FBI. And I talk about Ashley Babbitt all the time. Am I then somehow guilty of some kind of seditious, you know, ideology or something? I have no idea. But they're criminalizing, you know, political dissent. And so... We need to know what's going on and be aware of the fact that these are fabricated charges that are just meant to squash, you know, opponents and we could be next. So... Yeah, just wising up, guys.
0: <laughs> That's it. You know, they went after those that came to January 6th first, but this is just the tip of the iceberg. When they're done ruining all of our lives, then they're going to be coming after their next group that doesn't agree with something. I mean, look what the Department of Homeland Security and the DOJ did to the parents that went to uh, school board meetings to speak up for their children, to prevent them from being indoctrinated with uh, CRT training or the uh, the transgender um ideology of them you know forcing sexuality onto our children that you know shouldn't even know the definition of the word yet but yet they're they're you know being exposed to debauchery and when a parent went to a uh, board uh, school board meeting to speak up in defense of their child they were labeled as domestic terrorists and arrested you know it is just scary what is happening they're coming for all of us anybody that they see as political opposition and that is one of the earmarks of the communist nation and dictatorships totalitarianism is leeching its way into our nation and if we don't speak up america it is not going to be our america anymore and it'll be too late
1: it's scary close it's so scary close
0: i cannot thank you enough um for the time that you have given and your honesty and your candor and all of this situation. And I cannot sing your praises enough because of everything that you have been doing. Is there anything else that you would like to share to the American people? Anything that we didn't cover or is there anything that, that you just want them to know the, the floor is yours.
1: <laughs> Gosh, I really appreciate that. I just feel like I'm any old, you know, Human. And um, I know John feels the same way. He's almost embarrassed when people say, you know, oh, you're a hero. He's like, what? I'm just a ding dong. Like, I don't know how I got here. So, but that's what life is. Life is ordinary people doing the right thing, you know, stepping up. And I'm sure that we can look back at so many people that we find heroic from our past that we get inspired by who are just. Ordinary people and so many of our founding fathers, young people, they had no real idea other than just this um, undeniable sense of, of what's right and wrong. And, um, you know, they faced the greatest empire that the world had ever seen, you know, with, with fearlessness because they were on the side of what was, what was right and what was good and what was true. And so I just encourage all of us to seek shelter in each other because this community has given me strength. And when I'm low and I need to go back into my shell, there are so many others that step up and fill, fill the gap or you know, that I can turn to to just have a little bit of compassion. So um, be brave and love your neighbor and we're, we're gonna get through.
0: We cannot encourage our audience enough to speak up, be bold, you know, be bold speak truth. That's what a for j says all the time. And, uh, you know, it, no truer words have been spoken on how we can band together to help restore our nation. And for anybody that is involved in January 6th that has not spoken out or not really revealed to others, have not got into the, the groups or the community, as we say it, this big family that has grown because of the January 6th political persecution, please reach out and get involved in these groups. We always recommend going to patriotmailproject.com and joining their telegram rooms because that is a great starting point. But if you're not sure what to do, you can even reach out to me and email me at info at sing4freedom.us. So info at sing for shoot me an email and we'll have a casual conversation and I can help point you in the right direction to get you the help that you need. And if you don't need legal help, you don't need financial help, you don't need um, help with a family member that is currently incarcerated, whatever, it, it will definitely help you to get involved in this family so that you have support. You have someone that you can talk to that will look at the situation with no bias, no hatred, no judgment just want to be there specifically to help out so if you haven't already please and you're hearing this please reach out to us because there is a nation of patriots that are willing and wanting to help you get through this tragedy because you're not in this alone kelly i cannot thank you enough um it has been a very informative and inquisitive conversation. Um, I look forward to having more in the future. Um, Any updates that come along, please keep me in the loop. And uh, if there's any way that we can help or that I can help out, please do not hesitate to ask. Um, I'm always at your service.
1: You're the man, Joe. This was great. I really appreciate it.
0: Hey, fam, you want to help keep this podcast going and support this endeavor of being an obnoxious prick to those that want to enslave us? Then check out MammothNation.com and use the 30% discount code of FREEDOMJ6. MammothNation.com is a shopping market online that is a frontline competitor to Amazon. They do not help any of the companies that are pushing China into the forefront. They stay away from leftist causes. They vet all of the producers and um, merchants on their site for veteran-owned companies and companies that are friendly to our patriot movement. So go to mammothnation.com and snub your nose at Amazon. Use the discount code of FREEDOMJ6 and get 30% off. You can also get a sweet deal with makehoneygreatagain.com, promo code FREEDOM. That way they know who sent you. Get a one-pound raw bottle that looks like Donald Trump, which is hilarious. And honey is just amazing. So promo code FREEDOM, MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. And if you're looking for merch, go to P2P Printing. That's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, printing.com and forward slash Pionon, and you can get all the sing for freedom gear that your heart desires and it is going to help make patriotism sexy again p2pprinting.com slash Pionon. so you hear it here every week we're not trying to repeat ourselves but it's a message that people are not seeming to grasp it's up to us to do something It's up to us to find out the truth because we're being lied to. You are being lied to. A lot of people have trouble letting that sink in. They have cognitive dissonance. Their brain and their emotions fight with one another. It is difficult. It's messy. It's life. Those that we have been taught to trust, the systems in which we were indoctrinated, are actually out to hurt us to gain benefit and power for them and to take our rights and our power away to teach us to not stand up against any sort of authority to train our minds to be subservient that's why they go after every single january 6 arrest like they are going after al-qaeda they make a huge scene in the neighborhood they pose for the cameras because it silences other Americans. It tells the rest of the nation, don't speak out against us or this will happen to you. It's a show of force. And then the media itself, those talking heads on TV, push propaganda down our throats. They tell you how to think. In the Hegelian dialectic, we have been fashioned as the problem. Some people spoke out against the government. You're supposed to think that's horrible. And the solution is to destroy them and the underlying message is this can be you we the people need to stand up speak out and let this totalitarian dictatorship that is trying to weasel its way into our country that we will not comply we do not consent we need to unite the left and the right because we are americans and it's going to stay that way Oh, can you see by the dawn? Hey.